Hey, Woz. Hey, Nicole. It says we're recording, so yeah. I know what's coming. This one's for the kids. Ooh. I think the kids will enjoy this one more than anyone. And given we are recording this around school holiday time for most kids in Australia, I think maybe they might be listening in. Yeah, there is a bunny there somewhere. <laughs> you ready? Ready. What do you call a hard-to-understand bee? I think I know the answer, but I'm going to say I don't know just in case. Oh, well, thank you for not stealing my thunder. It's a mumblebee. <laughs> Welcome to the Tradies in Business podcast with your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Divert your phone and grab a brew as Waz and Nick unpack tips, tales, secrets and stuff-ups from guests both inside and outside your trade, helping educate and inspire you to break the cycle of gut-busting and money stress and create a true trade business. There you go, listeners. We're getting all cute. That was a good fake laugh. Jokes. Nick? It was, no, it was actually it was a genuine laugh because... I actually imagined my 11-year-old daughter telling me that joke and just the look of absolute pride on her face <laughs> as she tells me some of her dad jokes because she's trying to get dad. <laughs> well, maybe maybe I should have a little convo with your daughter and, and we can Give share. us some coaching. <laughs> maybe she could coach me. <laughs> no, that was pretty good. See, I went bumblebee, and then I, but I couldn't f- complete it. So there you go. Do you know what I love? Recently, you and I did a bit of travel. We we did an event with one of our big partners. And on the way to that event, we had a chat with uh, one of our team members, actually, in the back of the cab, if you recall. He told me a cracking joke, not for the podcast, not for public consumption. Not suitable. It's not suitable no. for work. <laughs> and then we arrived at the event uh, with our partners and we're greeted very warmly. It was quite exciting and lovely to see everyone in the reels. And uh, I had another joke shared with me that was really not for public consumption, but by goodness, it's uh, bought me a couple of drinks around the table in the last week. It's really good. I'm a shocker for forgetting really funny jokes. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, my gosh, I need to remember that one. And I never do. I never remember them. Got a joke file. And I Mm. might have a few sneaky clients that consistently send me fantastic jokes as they hear them. Ah, right. Now, I'm a wake up to you now, Coxie. Well, I've run out of, I did my whole calendar for all the good ones in the calendar anyway, and it's empty. So I have to find new material and I'm not good enough to make it up myself. Because if you don't have good material, Nick, otherwise you end up with shit jokes. Oh, a bit like shit (laughs) clients. That's That's the worst segue I've done in years, I reckon. Sorry, listeners. Bad. I apologise. Please, please keep giving us five star reviews. Actually, on that, mm. listeners, uh, random thought here, Nick. Can can you please, if you're listening to this and you have not given us a review yet, please, 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 please. I'm grovelling. Okay, I make no bones about the fact that I'm grovelling, uh, pleading with you to give us some more reviews. Um, it really helps other people find the podcast. There are so many podcasts, as you would notice, on Spotify and uh, Apple Podcasts these days that ours sometimes gets a bit buried amongst the stuff. And if you're listening to this, you know how amazingly good quality our podcast is. Mm-hmm. Especially the jokes. The jokes. <laughs> well, some of you, I think, are just here for the jokes. I don't think so. How's your ego, Coxie? Oh, good. But um, if you could take the time, whether you're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, um, doesn't matter. Just go and find the review uh, button. Give us five stars. You don't have to even write anything or just, you know, put dope. 
in the comments or something. Ballin. Ballin. Um, rad. Retro. <laughs> retro terms. I'm going to bring back all the retro terms. This is rad, man. <sighs> um, give us a review. Give us whatever stars you think we're worth. It's got to be five for the jokes alone. And it does help other tradies find this podcast just like you did. We hear so many amazing stories from you that listen to our show about how it's helped you with your business, helped you with your headspace, uh, particularly through COVID over the last few years. And uh, we would love you to actually give a little back, give us a review, and it helps it be found by someone just like you when you first started listening to us. I feel like it's the end of the show and I should say thanks for listening, but we're only just beginning. (laughs) We're only just getting warmed up. We're only just beginning. We do have some content for you today. Um, The podcast has been a bit fits and starts lately, so I would like to personally apologise for Nicole's terrible (laughs) behaviour in that regard. I (laughs) apologise. We have have succumbed to our schedule Mm. and our calendar. It's been a bit wild. We've been doing some travel and there's been a few things pop up for each of us personally, which has... um, forced us to reprioritize certain things. So really sorry that we haven't been banging these out every week consistently like we have in the past. Um, We promise that we will get back to that uh, just as soon as we can. Mm -hmm. Um, And we'll continue to bring you great episodes when we can uh, jump into the Zoom studio here and uh, and knock them out. And so- Really missing us. You do have the opportunity to head on over to the Ladies in Business podcast. It's been, well, we only, I think maybe we got through six episodes. We're in the middle of a rebrand. So Don't Panic It is also coming back. But there is some content there that's uh, applicable no matter where you sit on the spectrum of sexes. You will find, yes, you will find something very interesting over there as well. So if, if you are particularly missing our voices, you'll get at least one of them over there on the Ladies in Business podcast. Hmm. So that's all of the groveling and pleading and thank yous uh, out of the way, uh, which is kind of, there's a podcast I listen to, Nick, and I'm playing right into this, where I really like the content, mm-hmm. but the the ads and all the preamble, it seriously goes for seven or eight minutes every episode. How many minutes have we clocked up today? Not seven or eight, so I'm going to stop, and we're going to talk about how to not work with shit clients. Okay, so we're not talking about our clients here. I really want to preface oh. this entire episode because I know they listen. We are not talking about our clients. We're talking about your clients, you as a trade business owner, how not to work with shitty clients because there mm. unfortunately are a lot. And we've all been brought up in this society that tells us that the client is always right. You know what? They're not. No. They are not always right. And nine times out of 10, they're going to tell you they're a terrible client prior to you ever working with them. And that's what we want to talk about today. How do they do that though? Do they just say, hey, I'm a shitty client. Yep. And they come with a big sign. You should really work with me still because <laughs> I know you're desperate for money yeah, or kind of you're afraid that your business won't grow if you don't say yes to me. It's uh, they're, they're little red flags. We we you missed it yesterday afternoon. I think we did a session with some of our clients, and we were talking about the tiny red flags. No, it was um one of our clients. We we're talking about employing someone, and how some of the people they had employed were just throwing off bunches of small red flags, and they were brave enough to make a decision not to take any of those people on. They found someone with green flags only. Well, your clients are a little bit the same. It's the tone in which they speak. It's the words they use. It's the way they make you feel, you know, those spidey senses. We recently had a conversation with some men who were telling me they didn't think they felt their spidey senses 
Um, and when we continued the conversation, they realized, oh, actually, I do have spidey senses. I've just been ignoring them all this time. <laughs> so it's those little odd feelings or the uncomfortableness or the the tone that's not quite right or the language that makes you feel like, hang on a minute, you're blaming me for something. You know, I didn't return your call quickly enough or I can't get to you in the time frame that you would like. You know, it's all those little tiny red flags that mm-hmm. we tend to ignore for a few reasons. We ignore them because we're busy. It's a great excuse. We do it all the time. We're busy, so I'll just ignore the red flags because I've got to get there, do the job, I need the money, move on. Mm. We ignore the red flags because we think we have to do all of the work. If we say no to something, maybe that means that all of the work dries up or disappears or I have financial pressure. I can't afford to say no. Mm. Well, you can. Uh, Or we say no because we're not listening. We're not tuned into those red flags as they're happening for us. And they do happen. Warren can I say no to some potential clients for us quite frequently. In fact, we've said no quite a bit this year because for us, it's very, not only is it important for us to work with motivated business owners that are looking for change, we have a community that we're responsible for. We have to take the right people into that community. It doesn't mean that our inquiries have slowed down. In fact, if anything, we have more loyalty from the community that we have built because they can see that we're not bringing the wrong kind of clients into the mix. So mm-hmm. you you are doing similar things within your trade businesses, whether you're mindful of it or not. And so today we want to talk about some strategies to identify the shitty clients before it's too late and how to say no. Perhaps it's reasonable to talk about how to say no because it's not an easy thing to do. Hey, tradies in business, was here. Sorry to interrupt your listening pleasure. I'm joined by Coxie, of course. Hello. You may not know this, tradie or tradie wife or whoever you are listening to this program, but we're business coaches. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That feels weird to say. (laughs) (laughs) But we do actually work with people just like you to solve a bunch of problems. And we have this fantastic program called the Tradiepreneur Program. And that's how we do it. And we do it with a wonderful community of trade business owners who are all trying to fix or improve or change things to progress. Things like getting behind on quoting, Coxie. Feeling overwhelmed, behind on your invoicing, feeling really stressed or frustrated about the money stuff. Sometimes you can pay the bills, sometimes you can't. What about staff? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my gosh, staff. Trying to get them to do what you want them to do, if you can even find them in the first place. Uh, there's so many struggles. And we've seen clients tackle these things in their trade businesses in a quite a short space of time, to be honest, mm-hmm. during the program and recruit staff at a time where everybody was saying you can't get good staff, mm-hmm. improve their quality from their team, collect their debts much more quickly. We How have sessions. tips. Yes. Getting tips. Yes. So uh, people rounding up, customers rounding up the invoice by hundreds of dollars Mm -hmm. because they're so happy with the sales process and the experience of dealing with the trade business owner and their team. So some amazing stories from our clients. But, you know, as they say in the the commercials, don't take it from us. Uh, (laughs) Hear what some of our clients have to say. Coming into Christmas, we are not worried about money. We've got enough money in the bank to pay everybody's leave. There's work booked in for the new year. And for the first time in a long time, we'll be having three weeks off and not worrying about the business. 
that's probably the biggest win of all. Using the cash flow forecast, I've been able to look into the future and see where I'm going to be situated financially. And it's actually started to have a huge bearing on whether or not I make purchases. By far one of the best things about working with Nick and Woz are the other businesses that are working alongside them. It is amazing how empowering it is to be working alongside like-minded people who have similar goals, similar troubles. We can all relate to each other and everybody helps everybody out by figuring out problems with you that they may have faced previously. Everybody has solutions and constructive feedback and it's an incredibly friendly, warm, welcoming environment, not threatening at all. From every job, I know that I will get a sustainable wage that's industry leading. I can have at least 10 to 20% profit and I can pay taxes, super, all of that. And I do not have to question whether or not I can because of the way that it's been built. And that is thanks to traders in business and what they've taught me and what I've learned. So there you go. There's some real people. We did not pay them to say those things. <laughs> and I think that sounds a lot better than Coxie and I reading them out. We really would love for you to check out more about how you could take your trade business to where you would like it to be. Surely you have a vision of what things could be like or what you wish they were like on a day-to-day -day basis, mm -hmm. um, whether that is reducing stress or actually making more money. Maybe it's spending more time with the family, taking more holidays, having the choice mm. that you really wanted when you started your business instead of this beast that seems to be there for many of you listening to this program. So if you want to find out more about how we do this through the Tradiepreneur program, Coxie's going to tell you all about it. <laughs> I'm actually not. I'm going to be really secretive and uh, keep all of our magic up our sleeves. What I would like you to do, though, is head on over to tradiesandbusiness.com.au. You can learn all about us, why we do what we do, and how you can work with us, what that actually looks like. There's a whole bunch of free stuff there for you to download, uh, lots of options. We've always got new stuff going up onto the website and a great place for you to learn a whole bunch more about how you can work with us. You can even book a 15-minute chat. For free. For free. That's how abundant we are. So head over to the website, uh, check it out, book a chat with us, and we'd love to find out if you'd be a great fit for the Tradiepreneur community and start hanging out with some of those people that you just heard from. <laughs> mm. It's one of those amazing paradoxes of, of I think it's life, Nick. Mm. You know, we're, we're talking specifically today, listeners, about how to say no to the wrong type of clients for you, for your business, uh, for the rest of your customer base, for your team. You think about uh, how mm. taking on some of those um, mismatched clients. I don't want to call them crap clients because then, it, you know, I can be a bit black and white, um, shush Nicole, <laughs> and judgmental, stop laughing. Um, and I don't want you listening to this to get the idea that we are – being, uh, you know, disparaging towards other humans. It's just that we all have people that we get on with. Um, we all have relationships at work for whatever reason, certain people we gel with and others we just don't. Mm -hmm. And different people gel with different other people. So I guess it's, it's nothing wrong with those people per se. It's nothing personal. Mm -hmm. It's just that their type of job, their way of communicating, their expectations, their pace, all those sorts of things aren't necessarily a fit for us and therefore we're not a fit for them. Yes. Um, so I just want to get that out of the way because sometimes I can be a bit harsh. <clears throat> anyway, um, just ask my wife. But uh, <laughs> but the other thing uh, around this paradox is 
and you've talked about the fear around this, Nick, is in order to grow our business, we have to say no to stuff. Mm-hmm. And some of you might have noticed this in your personal lives. In order to feel happier and more fulfilled, you actually have to say no to things. We've got a it's this concept that I love uh, that I read about oh, a year or two ago was less but better. Mm-hmm. And I think it should be less and better. Um, and it's the old less is more thing, but the more just means more, more, more to grow. But in fact, we could work with less people in a better way and have better profits and better time discipline and better fulfillment and lifestyle by doing less for less of the, the wrong kind of people. So anyway, mm. the how-to boggles a lot of people's brains. Well, how do I say no without saying no? Mm-hmm. And like so many things we talk about here at Tradies in Business, it's about a process or a system. And some of you probably just felt your brain um, dissolve into a pile of mush, <laughs> as I said the word system. Or they're saying, not again, not more. <laughs> Another freaking system. More work I've got to do. More yeah. stuff I have to add. But in fact, it's, it is such a simple um, thing, tool, that mm. you can put together in your business. Our tradiepreneurs get access to... Um, templates and all that sort of stuff. And that's, you know, that's the benefit of, of joining the program. There's my shameless little mini pitch within the podcast. Mm. Um, but it really does come back to having a process to follow. Nick, I think one of the big things that lets people down is they they might even have the best intentions of not taking on those clients. But I know when I worked in sales, in the heat of the moment, yes. I'm thinking about my target or as a business owner, I'm thinking, oh, this job, you know, there's a 50 grand job or a 10 grand sale, it that just like the red mist descends mm-hmm. and all um, critical thought goes out the window. Did you find that as well? 100%. And perhaps we need to remind people what it costs you to work with the wrong kind of client. Oh. So we're thinking about, you know, in those moments when the red mist descends and we're thinking about the target or you know, this means I get to go on a holiday or this means I can take the weekend off or whatever it is that that motivates you to take on those wrong clients. We're not thinking about the the true and actual cost for us in our businesses. Mm. And some of those costs are your personal dissatisfaction, the stress that you take home to your family, the money. There are some real financial costs to the wrong kind of clients. Um, and I, for some of them, they can be very significant. Uh, let's talk about the cost to your team because not only do you feel the pressure and the upset and the fraction, so does your team. And that can't be good moving forward. What happens if you lose your key team member? Not only is there a financial cost to replace them, there's a morale cost for the rest of your team. There's a cost for you as the business owner having to fill a gap for that period of time. Um, there's a cost to your other clients. So we don't only ever serve one client, even as a builder. Generally, we have multiple projects on the go. There is a cost to all clients, not just the one that's being troublesome. And I don't want to blame completely the client. There are times when it is our processes or it is our communication or there are a lot of reasons why clients turn into not the best fit for us. Mm. But it's important to remember the cost. And if you're feeling or seeing those issues before you sign a contract or before you move through to doing the job, that's the time to pull it up. But there are ways, I guess, and that's what we're going to talk about, um, to identify those early on. And the key here is clients that don't fit with you don't actually want to work with you either. Yeah. They don't necessarily understand their spidey senses. You have to give them the opportunity for them to self-select out. And this process we're about to talk about really helps drive that result. 
It helps them decide, no, you're not the right fit, rather than you having to say, no, I'm sorry, I don't want to work with you. Mm. So, um, and we're going to cover this actually, Nick, in uh, our next monthly free training. Yes, we are. Um, So just so you know, gang, uh, if you go to our website, you'll find a pop-up or a free training page or something that the team have put on there to make it really easy for you. (laughs) Um, Or if you're in our Facebook group, um, you'll find the post in there. Uh, But basically, Wednesday the 26th, I don't know why I said basically, Wednesday the 26th (laughs) at 10 a.m. for everybody on the East Coast now, Nick, because we're all on the same time zone, which I know you're disappointed about. Very you love daylight savings nope. in Queensland. So um, Wednesday the 26th at 10 a.m. So it's a smoko session for the mm-hmm. dudes. And it's a, oh, my gosh, I finally got everybody out of the house and out of my hair session for the ladies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so you can sit down with a cuppa or I don't know what you have for smoko. What do people have for smoko these days? Is it still an ice break and a sausage roll or a I don't know. My builder only has one break all day and it's at about 10 o'clock and that's lunch, not even smoko. Mm. It's just like eat what I can and then yeah. keep going until four or something. Absolutely. That's what they do. Anyway, so at 10 o'clock, Wednesday the 26th, uh, you'll need to register. It is a webinar. You can jump on. We can't see you. You can see us. So you can hide in the background mm-hmm. and um, get a half hour rapid fire session with more detail on what we're covering today. Yep. Um, it is free, um, but definitely jump in um, for those who do show up. Um, I think we'll have something special for you, like another joke from Nick or something. I'm sure. Uh, to make it worth your one. while. <laughs> but jump on that. It's just 30 minutes, super quick. We'll go into some detail on how to set up your own process or system that will achieve what we're talking about here on the podcast today. Yes. All right. Should we reveal what it is that's going to help? Yeah, let's stop include- stringing this out. Not only the the challenging clients, but the time wasters. You know, those ones that were never going to turn into a client anyway. They just wanted a quote. Oh, my gosh, yes. Five other quotes. So How much to do this? Well, yeah. it depends. Well, surely you can tell me. Well, oh, we've got to do a quote. Okay, we'll come and do a quote. And then it's like, oh, well, that's more than I thought. What if we take this out? Or how about I buy the materials? Like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> and then it's too late because you're already invested in the process and you can't very well tell them to piss off. Um, now that you've done a quote, well, you feel like you can't, but yeah. that's the beauty of, of this, Nick. Yes. Okay. We're talking about a sales process. Let's let's just lay it all out on the line. It's a process. Oh, no. I love a sales process. <laughs> I love a sales process because of the results. And we're going to share some of the results our clients have got with you during the webinar. And I can tell you, great sales process has taken one of our builders from 50% conversion rate to an 80% conversion rate which isn't actually true. They're up to a 95% conversion rate now. And I say 95% because they haven't missed a quote or a proposal they've done for almost two years. Mm. It feels wrong to say 100% though. Um, And that is because they've installed a sales process. Now you already have one. Whether you understand it or not, you already have one. Mm. And your sales process might currently be to pick up the phone and say, yes, I'll be around this afternoon to do a quote. You turn around super quick, do the quote, give them a verbal go away. They accept you go do the job and that's it. That may be your sales process, but you do have one in one form or another. And all we want you to do is flesh that out a little bit because a good sales process is going to educate. It's Mm. going to answer all of those challenging questions that you normally have to answer at some stage during the process of doing the job. It's going to um, build some value. So you won't just be selling on price. That's a problem. 
Anytime you're selling on price, it's a problem for you. It's a problem for the client. They're not looking for the value option. They're not looking for the the uh, solution to the problem that they have. So it's going to start to build some of that value and it's going to help to position you to your client as the expert, as the right choice so that we're having clients convert for the right reason instead of the wrong reason. Price. We don't want to be the cheapest. We want to get paid fair value for a fair job. And so a good sales process will help you do all of these things. And in the webinar, we're going to teach you how to put that together. It's quite simple. It is very simple. And like so many of these things that we talk about here on the podcast and work on with our tradepreneur uh, community, it's not easy. Simple no. doesn't mean easy. So, and sometimes the hard part of this, Nick, is not necessarily that it's overly time consuming. Mm -hmm. It doesn't take a lot of time to change what you're doing and speak to your clients differently and add a few steps to the process. Technology means we can do a lot of this stuff simply these days. And you don't have to be a tech brainiac for the fellas who are like, oh my gosh, I hate technology. Um, and I know that's stereotypical and it tends to be, mm -hmm. you know, reasonable generalization. Us blokes are less inclined to be up to date with all the latest tech stuff. I think it's something about thumbs. They're mostly opposing um, or they've been chopped off by a circular saw or a chisel or something. Mm -hmm. But um, the, you can automate some of this stuff quite simply and cheaply as well. So you don't have to do all the work yourself. But the hard part, I think, is actually changing your thinking. Yes. And we see this, Coxie. We see people's eyes roll back in their head. We can see the brain turn off and the story starts running. It's like, I don't have time for this shit or this is all too hard and we make things harder for ourselves as business owners by resisting a change in thinking. Yes. And and we won't cover this specifically in the webinar, but we will talk a little bit about, uh, you know, doing things differently as a way to actually get different results. And I think everybody listening to this, you all know the saying, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different outcome is the definition of insanity apparently. So whatever, whoever said that, um, if you keep doing the same stuff, you're going to get the same results. Mm. So you've got to change something. I, I think for me, Nick, there's a big hidden benefit in having a sales process. So mm. yes, we want to screen out the time wasters before we quote. We want to screen out the people that are not a fit for us in our business, that are going to make our team frustrated. We're going to lose money on the job anyway. They're probably going to complain to fair trading or the building authority or whatever about us at the end, no matter how hard we work for them. But the good clients become even better because yeah. having this process in place, the spinoff that I see uh, uh, with our clients especially is more referrals. Mm -hmm. um, people more willing to pay your price instead of market rates. And I'm not suggesting you rip people off, no. but if you charge a price that's appropriate for your business and your goals, having this process actually builds more value for the right clients. So they're like, yeah, we'll, we'll go with you guys. I mean, you're 15% dearer than the nearest guy. Um, but we really, you know, we're just impressed mm -hmm. with your business and we know you're the right fit for us. So it just sends a clearer message to the good clients, gets rid of, most of the rubbish clients, it sounds like Nirvana. It's not the end. <laughs> it also had um, regularly some of our clients being tipped. Oh, yeah. Then it's just, this is just through the sales process. That's the only change that we can contribute. And they frequently are saying, look, your sales process means that we don't, we feel you've done this 
too cheaply, we'd like to offer you this tip. They're rounding up bills, you know, from 750 mm. bucks to a grand. It's mm. incredible the amount that one business in particular that we're working with, and they're not the only one, it's just one that we use as an example, they're arborists, okay? So it's one of those key areas that you wouldn't think oh. people necessarily have extra discretionary spend. In, exactly. When you get an arborist in, it's normally because you've got to remove the tree. There's no big benefit to the tree other than making your backyard safe or <clears throat> getting rid of the roots that are causing another issue. It's mm. not one of those areas. It's like putting on a roof on a house, a new roof. It's not an area where you see bang for buck, right? So people don't want to spend that money. They feel hesitant. And yet they consistently have their clients tipping them with no indication in the sales process that that's appreciated, expected, anything. It's not mentioned anywhere. And yet people are feeling compelled to tip them. And that has mm. come through a cracking sales price. Now they have had, you know, they've been working on and tweaking their sales process for a couple of years. Please don't panic. It doesn't take that long. They've just been refining it, testing, measuring, refine, mm. test, measure, refine um, until they've found their version of Nirvana and that is what it's consistently doing. Fantastic clients. More frequently than not, they're being tipped. Um, great results. Lots and lots of positive five-star Google reviews. It's giving them everything that they require in their business for it to be a self-generating business moving forward. I don't know. Maybe it's time you register for a webinar. Mm. Teach you a thing or two about how you could do this in your own business. So there you go, gang. Uh, if you don't have a documented, formalized sales process in your trade business, you're missing out on the opportunity to win better clients, uh, save time, save frustration, mm -hmm. and work with the people you want to work with. Mm -hmm. uh, those dream clients are out there. Um, we know because our tradiepreneurs keep finding them. Okay. And uh, if, if you want to find out how to put this in place in your business, what the specifics are, as we said, go hit the website, tradiesinbusiness.com.au, um, find the uh, the free training pop-up thingamajig. It'll be there because um, I know the team are all over that stuff. And uh, register. So Wednesday, 26, 10 a.m., grab a cuppa. It's only 30 minutes. Jump on, um, take some notes, and you'll be able to make some change to your business straight up. Thanks for listening. Hooroo. You've been listening to the Tradies and Business Podcast with Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Find out more about today's guest, tools for your trade business and other cool stuff at tradiesandbusiness.com.au.